0: of the Chicago Bears podcast, Bears Banter, powered by Windy City, Gridiron, and SB Nation, Bill Zimmerman with you, and what an odd feeling to have right now. I don't know how I feel about the Chicago Bears. I just, I, I don't know even how to put this team into words right now. We're gonna Give it uh, my best shot here for over the next few minutes, and we're going to be joined by Sylvie, Mark Silverman of ESPN One Thousand Waddle, and Sylvie. You, I'm sure you know him well. He's going to be joining us in just a few minutes. We'll be talking plenty about Justin Fields and plenty about this Chicago Bears team because this is an odd feeling. You know, I say this on the podcast all the time. I never cheer for losses. I don't sit here and go, this, you know, this is a rebuilding year. I can sit here and go it's better for the bears to go 4 and 13 than it is to go 8 and 9 because of the draft position. That's that's fine. You can have those types of thoughts. But to sit here and on Sunday cheer against the Chicago Bears cuz losses are better, I will never do that. So rebuilding year or not, I am still going to sit there and cheer for this team to win on Sundays. And the fact that they're 2 and 1 right now is fantastic. You know, I would have expected them to be 1-2 and at this point. I did think they beat the Texans, you know, regardless. Which, look, the fact that they beat them on the final play of the game does kind of show you that they are at the Texans' level, which is not a very good football team. And the fact that they lost to the Packers the way they did still kind of shows that they are not a very good football team. But they are playing well, and you have to love the fact that it's a cleaner brand of football. It's a more disciplined brand of football. It's not something we've seen the last couple of years. Those Nagy teams really, I mean, they they, they kind of had it in 2018, but it really kind of, they just lost it and never got it back. And, and Nagy wasn't the type of personality that was going to do that, but Fluose is, and he's done a good job there. And you, you have to like what you're seeing from the team. You know, they've got more winnable games on the schedule coming up here. Second half of the schedule gets a little tougher, but... You know, they can sit here and win two or three more football games, right? And, and and suddenly be sitting there with a, you know, five and three record at that point, something like that. And at that point, when you're five and three, you have to look at it like, like they're a playoff team or a potential playoff team and kind of look at it that way. But right now, it you know, we talk about how it's too early to make judgments about Justin Fields. Well, it's still too early to make judgments about this football team. And I like what I've seen. Defensively, they're keeping this team in games. They're making plays when they have to. They could not stop the run the first 10 quarters of the game. Even the first half against Houston, they, you know, they were not stopping the run well. But they did a great job with it in the second half. Really turn that around. Hopefully that's a sign of things to come but I need to see more of that. I am not ready to sit there and say they fixed the defense because the Houston Texans couldn't run on them for two quarters. Saquon Barkley this week, Saquon has looked very good. He is going to be a formidable challenge for this defense to contain. I'll be curious what kind of defensive scheme they put out to do that because the fact that Daniel Jones isn't great, the receivers are not playing well, they can focus on Saquon Barkley. So we, we can kind of see what they, what they do here defensively this week against the Giants. But overall, look, the pass rush has been inconsistent. Dominique Robinson flash, Gibson is flash. You know, Robert Quinn, quiet. You know, we talked about it in this podcast. They should have traded him in the offseason, third or fourth round selection. Quinn coming off 18 and a half sacks and a contract with no guaranteed money on it. So that is a desirable contract for another team I don't know if Pohl shopped him or not, but, you know, did not pull the trigger on, 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 a, on a deal there. And that really, I think, really should have happened in the offseason. Quinn's value was never higher than it is, and he hasn't played well, and that value is going to continue to tank uh, this season. And that's the thing, we're, we're a rebuilding franchise, then Robert Quinn does not fit into the future of this franchise so they should have moved him they didn't but that's neither here nor there because that's not a major piece of what's going on right now what is a major piece of what's going on right now is Justin Fields and if you've listened to this podcast you know I am a Justin Fields fan I have been a supporter of the selection since day one I was thrilled I was doing backflips and you know my fat ass I'm not, I can't actually do backflips but I try and break my neck that's how excited I was draft day when Justin Fields was selected. But look, the the way I would look at this right now is let's look at the DEFCON system, right? DEFCON 5, peacetime, no concerns. DEFCON 1 is basically nuclear war. So where are we with the Chicago Bears and our concerns about Justin Fields? So like when I look at it, the Chicago Bears draft Justin Fields last year, you're at DEFCON 5. You're gonna sit there, you're gonna let him develop, you're not gonna worry about things because he's a rookie quarterback. But when you saw the season play out, and if you're a blame Matt Nagy kind of guy, you heard Brian Urlacher on here a couple weeks ago, he didn't blame Nagy, he blamed Fields. But, you know, you you look at that rookie season, now you're at DEFCON 4. It doesn't matter if you're a supporter or not, or blame Matt Nagy, whatever you wanna do, the performance wasn't there. So you're gonna elevate it to DEFCON 4. You're still not panicked it's only the rookie season, and then you come into this year. To me, the Giants, I'm sorry, the Texans game has elevated this to DEFCON 3. And if he stinks against the Giants, we're not elevating the DEFCON 2. We can sit at DEFCON 3 for a while. And I think what DEFCON 3 is, is it's an uncertainty about Justin Fields. Because at this point, we're almost 20% into the season You can't be confident in Justin Fields as the future of this franchise. You can hope, I am hoping, there's enough there with Justin Fields and his talent and his abilities that he can be that guy. And he may be that guy still. But you can't be confident in it right now. You just can't. Not after the game we saw him play against the Giants. And what is going on? How is it possible that Justin Fields has basically regressed in as awful as his statistics were in in last season, his rookie year. He has regressed in every category. I don't care if you wanna look at traditional passing stats or advanced passing stats. His yards for attempt stink. His, his, His adjusted net yards per attempt is horrendous. His sack percentage has increased as bad as it was last year. His interception percentage has increased Yeah, his completion percentage has dropped. Yards per game, you know, QBR, passer rating, everything is down. I don't care what you look at. There isn't a statistic that says Justin Fields is a better quarterback than he was last year. And that is remarkably terrifying because we know how bad Matt Nagy was with him last year. We know how bad Fields played, albeit some flashes against the 49ers and the Steelers and things like that. But we knew where Justin Fields was. And how is it possible that it is regressed? And how is it possible that the things we loved about him are disappearing? The arm accuracy gone right now. Where is the arm accuracy? I thought the mechanics were gonna get cleaned up this off season and that was even gonna even improve. They've made it worse. Where is that grip it and rip it mentality that he had, that wanting to just go deep and be, you know, we saw it in week one, we haven't really seen it. He is timid, he is concerned, he, you know, he is just, he's uncertain. I, I don't know what's going on here. He seems to be in his head. You know, I've seen people throw out sports psychologists. I don't know if we're there. But Justin Fields has to do some soul-searching internally here and figure out what on earth is going on with him because we need to see development. This, Like I said, this season, I would much rather have the Justin Herbert rookie season where the Chargers stunk, but they knew they had a franchise quarterback. I would love to have that kind of a year for Justin Fields. I don't want to see a season where they go eight and nine and Justin Fields throws for 2,700 yards and 16 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. And I'm sitting here going, is he the guy? I, he's probably not the guy, but they did win some games. To, you know, I, I don't want to be there. We need to know what Justin Fields is. And if you're not alarmed and concerned right now with it, with, with his performance, I, I just I, I don't know how you can be so blindly optimistic and I wish I was you. That's that's all I'm going to say. There is so much concern going on with Fields right now that it is, I I just, I I, I have my doubts. And I have not had doubts about Justin Fields and what he would eventually become. You know, and I'll keep the name out of it, but a very well-respected NFL media type. You know, I talked to him in August and he was at Bears camp and spoke with coaches, Fields, whatever it might be. And he said, when you watch Fields practice, it is impossible to think he will fail. And that's where I have been because you, you do feel that he understands the game of football well, intelligent guy, you know, quick, quick-minded, knows exactly where to go with the football, athleticism through the roof, uh, arm accuracy, arm strength, that killer mentality that just go deep and just pummel a defense. Everything you want out of a quarterback is Justin Fields. Everything. And right now it's not there. And I just, I, I don't know what is going on there. But a 2-1 and one Chicago Bears with a mess at quarterback does not have me feeling good. And that's what I was saying at the beginning of this podcast. I don't know what to feel about this team. I'm glad they're 2-1, and one, much better than 0-3, oh but Justin Fields is... Arguably the worst quarterback in the NFL for three games. We we, we just... I I don't know how this team can ever figure out the quarterback situation. And I still hope Fields is the guy. But I have have concerns. Like I said, I've elevated us to DEFCON 3. and, And I'm really hoping to get some confidence back in him and some better gameplay. And maybe we can drop it back down to DEFCON 4. But right now, it's DEFCON 3 trending to DEFCON 2. Uh, at some point later in this season. You know, I don't wanna just sit here and focus on fields alone because there's other things going on. The the running game is just fantastic. And I did not feel, I I thought they'd be pretty good running the football. They are one of the best running teams in the NFL. Khalil Herbert looks great. David Montgomery is, is still his same self. And this offensive line is run blocking well. We are seeing Tevin Jenkins be the molar that that we thought he could be. I need to see Tevin Jenkins out there for 100% of the snaps. Let's hope this rotation is over and Mustafers to the bench. You know, I'm not sitting here trying to pick fights. Sam to the bench with Patrick and Jenkins there at center and right guard. That is the best offensive line at at those positions. Larry Borum, I, I know I've been iffy on Borum on this podcast some of you have reached out to me and told me that I was wrong and that Borum, you know, I should be, I should love Larry Borum. I don't love Larry Borum. I don't think Larry Borum is very good. I think Larry Borum is a backup. I think, and I have said this and I have tweeted this and I will stick with this. Jones, Whitehair, Patrick, Jenkins, Reef. I think that's your best offensive line. I think they should look at this at this point or at some point soon and say that Larry Borum is just a guy who is going to play out his rookie contract and he is going to go elsewhere. And, and hopefully by year three, he is a backup. And hopefully at some point this year, he is a backup. He should not be starting. The talented edges that he has to face have pummeled him. He's not good. I mean, if you go and watch, you don't even have to watch the All-22, all right? just you can see plenty on just the regular broadcast if you, if you DVR'd it and it's still saved there, go just watch, watch Larry Borum. Skip 30 seconds, get to the plays, just watch Larry Borum. He is getting beat consistently. And sometimes he's getting abused and he alone is wrecking plays. And that's the thing with the offensive line. You'd much rather have an offensive line of five pretty good guys than two studs and three stinkers. Because that team needs to play as a unit. And Larry Borum is the weakest link without question. And they do have a potential fix in Riley Reef. I don't know why he hasn't gotten much of an opportunity. You know, he has been a solid player for a long time. And maybe his age is catching up with him. I think he's about 33. But I think they should give him a shot. Because I think he has the potential to stabilize this offensive line the rest of the way. Because I think Patrick at center will be an upgrade over Mustapher. I like what I've seen from Jenkins. Cody Whitehair is playing much better than he did last season. He's been pretty good. And Braxton Jones, there's going to be some growing pains with him over at left tackle. But overall, he's, he's been okay. So, you know, you like what you've seen with the running game. The pass blocking is still spotty at best, and I think Justin Fields needs to per- needs to trust his protection up front. I don't know if he does right now, and I'm wondering if that's why he's getting hesitant with the ball, because he's afraid he's going to get walloped in it. So there is some positives. Like I said, they are two and one. They're running the football really well. Would love to see what Roquan Smith did last week. Be very interesting if he keeps that up, if the Chicago Bears change their tune as to how much they want to pay him but there are questions on this team. And the number one question is Justin Fields. So we are going to talk Justin Fields, talk about the two and one start and talk about what this Chicago Bears team is and how fans should feel. Should you be pumped there two and one or should you be terrified that Justin Fields looks as poor as he does? We will break it down with Sylvie, Mark Silverman from ESPN 1000. He joins us next. This is Bill Zimmerman, Bears Banter. We'll be right back all right welcome back into the podcast very excited for this guest he's been on a few times in the past and it is always a great conversation a lot of good information a lot of good opinions and a lot of passion he is mark silverman you know him as sylvie from waddle and sylvie afternoons on espn 1000 and he joins us now sylvie bill zimmerman how are you
1: bill it is always good to see you to talk to you to read you and uh i'm excited how could you not be passionate about our bears
0: I, I mean, I love it. I I mean, this is, this is such a unique situation to be in right now. And, you know, I kind of said this at the beginning of the podcast, I really don't know how to feel because I've always said, I am never one, you know, you can look at this year and say this is a rebuild or whatever, but I'm never one to say, I hope they go three and 14 and get the second pick of the draft. That's not, I, I want wins. I don't care. I want wins. You know, if they're 1-15 in 15 at the end of the year and if they lose, they get the first pick of the draft and Peyton Manning or someone like that is sitting there, that's different. But in terms of the week-to-week, I want wins. And here they are sitting at 2-1, and one, seeing some nice things from certain aspects of the team. But Justin Fields, which we I think a lot of us believe this year is about Justin Fields, it's just not been what we wanted to see out of him. So, so where are you kind of through three games where the Bears are winning games right now, but Justin Fields is not the reason why? Yeah,
1: I, I'd much rather go um, three and 14 and, and know that Fields is a stud, um, you know, I, but like I'm not in the rooting mode of, of being bad either. I'm not in the tank mode right now. I want to see the new regime set a culture. I want to see them win because of Justin Fields, because of a developing offensive line, because of some other offensive skill position players. Um, I like the run game, but the one reason I'm concerned is I feel like they're winning, but they haven't really developed anything on offense. And like, what are you truly building on offense? And it's why I was very mad that they didn't uh, go for points or go to try at least to move the ball before the half, because I thought that was a perfect building opportunity. Um, and, and I think there's a difference between playing to win games and playing not to lose games. And I think Iber basically admitted it, that he would do it again, that he would change and not do it again. But but I, I feel like what the Bears did before the half there were they were playing not to lose. And I would like to see them give an opportunity to the offense, give an opportunity to fields as poorly as he's played um, to do something in that situation, because I don't think that there's another way to simulate that in practice uh, or in the preseason. Those are big time moments uh, for a quarterback. So I guess it's a long way of saying, I need to see more. Um, I'm not rooting against them. I'm happy with wins because I think that, increases the passion like you talked about with the fan base but at the end of the day I truly like my I have a simple motto for this year's team and it's build me a football team build <laughs> a Football team. I want a better football team by the end of the year as opposed to the beginning of the year so you know exactly what you need and what you don't need going into 2023 where hopefully they're in some sort of a playoff race
0: yeah look a- a- absolutely and you know, before we jump into Justin Fields, because I think there's a lot to get into there, um, let me let me ask you about Luke Getzey, because, you know, the last couple of weeks, a lot, you know, week one with the monsoon, it's tough to really kind of look at, a you know, a play, you know, play designs and, and, and the game plan and everything. But these last couple of weeks, look, the run game is great. Uh, and I know stick with what works, right? And they're running the football well. Khalil Herbert looked amazing last week. Montgomery looked very good against the Packers. It looks like there's a great combination back there. But I mean, they are not passing at a historic, forget not passing well, not passing at all at a, at a historic rate. I mean, you're talking about going back decades uh, in, in a pass-happy league, you're talking about going back to the, you know, three hour, three yards in a cloud of dust 30, 40 years ago, the last time you've seen teams that have thrown this few passes through three games. So let me ask you about Luke Getze and what he's done here. You, you you Are you okay with what you've seen in terms of what he's calling uh, on the offensive side of the ball? I know we all want to see more passes, but like I said, the running game's working. You know, is it – Luke Getze told us all off season. He was going to run the hell out of the football and he's running the hell out of the football, but is this, what do you think Getze had in mind? Or is this maybe, you know, lack of trust in the way fields is playing? Yeah. I, I think everyone says like, show me, don't tell
1: me. And they're showing us that they don't trust Justin. I'm of the belief that um, shooters got to shoot. And like, I have made a couple of uh, basketball comparisons this week about this. Um, I think that, In order for Justin to get into a rhythm, in order for Justin to grow, you have to pass the ball more. Um, I love that they're supporting him with the run. So, you you know, I felt like it was Matt Nagy's blind spot. And Matt Nagy, uh, he had many blind spots and many faults. um, But running the ball was one of those blind spots. And I like uh, being committed. I am not interested in building another 1970 Bears team. I'm not, and we've, we, we've been there, we've done that. What are you truly going to win? Like, you're going to need to throw the football. And and I get it that they want to protect him some. I also think he can learn a lot from mistakes. Um, like, I, I, I once famously got into an argument on the air with Vinny Del Negro, the Bulls coach, and this is my other basketball comp, um, where at the end I obnoxiously said to Vinny after the interview went well, Uh, Derrick Rose at the end of the game, Vinny. And this was after there were a few games in either Derrick's rookie year or his second year, I think it was his rookie year, where like in game-winning moments when like the Bulls were down one, like Derrick would be put on the bench and they would put in Tabo Cephalosha. And and it drove me crazy (laughs) because Derrick was going to be the foundation of what this team did back then. And you knew – He hoped that he was going to be a star and the only way to get a player better is to put him in those moments with, with games to win. It's not like there, it's not like a loss or two or a mistake or two is going to cost you a playoff spot. This team is in rebuild mode. This is when you let the player grow and you let him have the growing pains. So, like I always used to get Vinny because he wouldn't put Derek in those situations to quote, protect him, And I feel similar to Justin. Now I don't think, I don't know. I, I once thought very highly of Justin. I still like him. I want to see more, but I don't know if the comps is good because you know, Derek turned out to be a great player before he got hurt, but I would like to see Justin get the opportunities in, in bigger moments to throw the football and to do different things than just uh, 18 times a game.
0: Yeah, a- absolutely. And, and before we dive into the fields here, because i got plenty to ask you about uh, with Justin. So right now with this team sitting at 2-1 and one and, look, well, you know, Giants coming up, Washington coming up, there's, there's winnable football games on the schedule, especially early here. Are yeah. you getting – here, I have two vibes for you. You tell me which one you're getting right now. You can have the 2020 Chicago Bears that were three and O with the Falcon comeback and the Giant comeback, and they were three and O. But everyone looked at this team and went, uh, <laughs> "I don't know," and they end up going eight and eight and, and you know f- fell apart there, especially in the middle of the season. Or the 2001 Chicago Bears. Wind it back 20 years. That 13 and three team. That I think most of us knew when we watched it. This was not an elite football team. This was just a team that was playing well and just think the ball just kept bouncing their way all season. So so right now, are you feeling more 2020 or 2001?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. This is not the 12 I covered the 2001 Bears. This ain't the 2001 Bears. I mean, they had a young, dynamic. Brian Erlacher and Mike Brown. Um, they had Ted Washington and Keith Trailer up front. Philip Daniels also was pretty good rushing the passer. Didn't they have Colvin and Holdman on that team too? And when I want I, to. I'm trying to think if yeah, Colvin. I think Yeah, so. you know, before he went to the Patriots, and like that was like, except for the quarterback, and like that's where. You know, but I also knew covering that team what was really what what was the the future going to be? Because with with Jim Miller and Shane Matthews at quarterback, what what did you really have? You know, you had a train with the rookie of the year, everything. You you got some good luck. So I don't think this is that. So um, yeah. I feel more of one of those, you know, one of these other years where. Hopefully, by the end of the year, they'll continue to surprise us and they they play good competitive football because we know these coaches could coach. But I like again, what I truly want to know is what are you what have you built so far through two wins? And I don't know if you've built that much so far.
0: yeah, and and I think that's the one thing that that everyone needs to keep in mind, and i I said this earlier, look, and I love the fact that they're two and one. But when they did have an opportunity, I get it. It's a rivalry game. Lambeau Field's a tough place to play. But when they did have a chance, and I know some people want to look at officials and things like that, I don't. I think they were thoroughly outplayed in that game and the score represented that. I think at this point, this team is proving that they can potentially beat bad teams. And I think the 49ers with Trey Lance in, in a very inexperienced position for him was second career start, whatever it was, I don't want to call them bad, but with the conditions you know, that, that game opened up for it. And the Houston Texans are a bad team period. And they beat them at the buzzer. I mean, that's, that's the kind of, you know, on a great play from Roquan Smith. I mean, that's, that's where they are now they can beat the giants. The giants I think are like the bears where they're, they're overachieving, but I think, you know, some people I, I've seen some fans and hey, look, I, I, you know, I love the fact that they're winning, but I've seen fans, you know, jumping on, you know, 10 wins, you know, potentially and chalking up all these W's. And I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves with, you know, can they win some games? Absolutely. They've got winnable games on the schedule, but I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves uh, on some of the, some of the excitement, you know, and I, I, I hate to, you know, be a Debbie downer, but I do think some of it is a little, you know, puffed up right now. This is, this
1: goes into the, the, the thing that I keep saying about not all seven or eight win seasons are created equally. You know, like if you win seven or eight games because you're running the ball and Justin Fields doesn't grow and you're still unsure about Larry Borum, you don't know about Braxton Jones. How much is Tevin Jenkins playing? Like then I'm, I don't know. Like how much is Darnell Mooney not producing? There's a lot there where you could say, yeah, it's nice that they won seven or eight games. But again, I keep going back to this point of what are you building? But if you win seven or eight games or even six games and Darnell Mooney then comes continues to come into his own, Justin Fields goes through the growing pains and turns it into true growth. You find out that you've got guys on the offensive line who are really good players and that you know you're good with going forward, then that's different. Like – Uh, And getting to your point about bad teams, I really feel like there's this this um, most of the NFL is made of mediocrity. I think we we all agree of that. I think there are a lot of teams in this category where, uh, like you mentioned, Washington. I think it's a very beatable team. Even the Vikings, you know, after their first week, I think that's a team that isn't going to be dominant. While Detroit's better, I still think you can get one from Detroit. You know, the Giants are beatable. The Jets are beatable. They look at the Bears and they say the Bears are beatable. But I do like if the Bears go two and three in the next five, like now all of a sudden you're up to four. Um, So I I took the over going back to the gambling stuff. I don't even know if we brought up gambling, but um, a lot of it has to do with it. I I took the over uh, based on the preseason because I liked what I saw that they weren't creating penalties and they, they weren't shooting themselves in the foot like a lot of the Matt Nagy teams. Um, so basically, yes, I agree with you. This is not a 10 win team, but I think they can give us a little bit more to cheer from and even more to cheer from. If we get to the fields point, that is just, it, 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 it all goes back to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I I thought this was about a five-win team. If you ask me now, I think it's probably six or seven, but you know, I I still don't think they're gonna you know get on a roll and, and surprise people, and and I think the big reason why is is Justin Fields, and 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 you talked about you'd rather them go three and fourteen and know that Fields is a stud, and, and that to me is the. It's the Justin Herbert comparison, right? Tyrod Taylor gets hurt in week two, or you know, with, with you know, with the bad shot, whatever it was, and Herbert comes in and just is the guy. And you're like, all right, the Chargers stunk that year, right? But Justin mm-hmm. Herbert just put up numbers and was 300 yards and three touchdowns a game, basically. I would love, and yes you know, would I rather see them go 12 and five and make the playoffs and win the division? Sure. But if we're talking about them going eight and nine, and at the end of the year, we're going, is Fields the guy? Should they bring in competition? Should they look to move up in the draft? If that's the option versus three and 14 and and Fields throws 30 touchdowns and is dynamic, give me the Justin Herbert season. Because, that's what's going to sustain winning for the next decade is having a guy like that. I mean, look, you you look at teams, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's, Drew Brees, the Peyton Manning's, you know, you know, Russell Wilson, you know, you go through Ben Roethlisberger, you know, when he before he, you know, got old at the end of his career. You look at these teams and you look at their wins year in and year out bad year. Now, this is obviously before 17 games, bad years. There were eight and eight. Those were the bad seasons. When you have a quarterback that stabilizes your team, you're, you've are you got a place at the table every year. And there'll be ebbs and flows and ups and downs. But the Bears need a quarterback. They've never basically had one. I really thought Fields was going to be the guy. I mean, I still have a lot of hope in him. I look at the the arm strength, the arm accuracy, which has now escaped him, you know, the athleticism and the fact that he's cool under pressure. He's an intelligent guy. You can tell he's grabbed he grabs concepts quickly. He knows you know, when when you talk to him, when you hear him talk after the game, he knows exactly what went, you know, when you ask Trubisky a lot of times, Trubisky, "Ah, that didn't work out for us. He gives you this vague answer. You know, sometimes you you get surprised when Trubisky gave you a very good specific answer about why something didn't work. With Fields, you expected because he do oh, yep. And this is why I did this. This is why I did that. He, he, You just you sit there. You know, I was talking to you know someone. I won't throw his name out there, but I was talking to an NFL analyst, a, a national NFL analyst who basically told me that you when you if you talk to Justin Fields and you see him practice, it seems impossible that he will fail is basically what I was told by a guy, that a very respected opinion in the NFL. But now I'm sitting here now with Fields the accuracy has gotten worse. I mean, we know how awful the system was around him last year with Matt Nagy. And and I know it's only three games and I know one of them was a monsoon. But literally, I don't care if you look at traditional stats or advanced stats, he has gotten worse in every category. Completion percentage is down. Yards per attempt is down. Sack percentage is up. I mean, everything is going, interception percentage, everything is going the wrong direction. And now I'm seeing some people throwing out the idea and, and, and fields was asked about it, about, is it mental? Does is he need like a sports psychologist kind of thing? I mean, I don't know if we're there with it. I don't know if they've got him thinking too much and he's not playing, but there's definitely something going on in between the ears. Uh, where are you with kind of Justin's headspace right now? Yeah. Yeah. He's, re- he's not reacting like a. Right.
1: He is not smooth right now. He is more Trubisky like with very robotic missing guys who are open when they like missing, missing them when they're open. And then when he does throw it to them, overthrowing it or not being accurate, like you talked about Waddle says that he's in his own head right now. Like, and, and and I get it, but you know, we need to see more. Like a lot of people get mad. They're like, Sylvie, Wire, like, I, ter- I termed it last week. I said I was nervous. Um, this week, nervous has been raised to concerned. I'm concerned now. Not writing him off. I don't think he sucks. Um, I, he checks every box, just like you said. But I want to know why on game day in those three games, it's small sample size, but that's all we have to judge on this year. Why has he regressed from last year with the new coaching staff? Why in these games has he looked as bad? And this is firsthand experience. I covered these guys. Why has he looked as bad as Rick Meyer? Why has he looked as bad as Cade McNown? Don't bring why, those names up, please. please. Jonathan Quinn, dude, <laughs> Bill, this, this is where it's at though. Like I know.
0: I know. It just, and, it just makes me shudder.
1: <laughs> yeah. And like these, these, the, just the, not throwing for many yards, not having the high reward. Um, It is, it, it it makes you like, my mind is blown. Like if you would have told me the numbers after three again, it's only three. So anyone who wants to yell at the podcast and, and say, Sylvia, it's only three. How could you, this is all, I am just talking about three because this is the evidence we have. Hopefully after six, the narrative changes. Like it's not even a narrative. It is like, and and Waddle always uses the point. I wanted to get to this today on the show and I never did. He, his, his Yogi Berra phrase is if you want to change a narrative, change a narrative. Like it's, it's so simple. Like it's right there for Justin. Justin's got 14 games here to convince Ryan Poles that they shouldn't go out and get their own guy. And, like, for all the people who say to me, Sylvia, you gave Trubisky this amount of time, which I didn't. I, I was never bullish on Trubisky. Um, uh, but Ryan Pace gave him that amount of time. And the difference is, is Ryan, it was Ryan Pace's draft pick. Ryan Pace banged his hand on the table saying that he insists that he's going to work. He just needs this. He just needs that. This isn't. This isn't Ryan Pace anymore. Ryan Pace... Was the guy who drafted this, he doesn't have a job anymore. Ryan Pulse has no connection to him whatsoever as his own draft pick. So I believe he's got 14 more games to change the narrative. And he can do that. He can make everyone a believer. So it's right there for you. No one's being a hater simply because he's. they're pointing out that we all want to see more. And we believed because we did buy the hype in Justin Fields that he was better than this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and like you said, it is only three games and we, we're all trying to keep that in mind. But at the same time, three games is just about 20% of the season. It's only a 17 game season. Now 14 games is there's a lot that can happen in 14 games, but we are trying to look at basically one fifth of the season here on the sample size and it is, you know, historically terrible. So, you know, and and like you said about changing the narrative, he needs to go out there and, and change the narrative. And that's kind of what I was saying about someone who was talking to me and I was, was complaining about the refs against the Packers, which, yeah, there were some bad calls. We do field score. I mean, we, 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 we know that we see that we pull our hair out every time, but I said to him, I said, when was the last time, what would name a team, right? That is consistently good. That doesn't get calls. And the only one I came up with is sometimes I feel like Lamar Jackson does not get the benefit of the doubt from officials and the Ravens win 10, 11 games every year. But other than that, Tom Brady's teams, get the calls, Aaron Rodgers' teams, get the calls, the Patriots, you know, they get the calls. It doesn't, because when you consistently win, you get the benefit of the doubt from the officials. And when you stink, this is the kind of stuff that you have to deal with. So I'm right. And you're right. And I, I said this before, you know, I think the bears failed Justin Fields in the off season. I think they should not have taken two sec uh, two defensive players in the second round. I think they should have invested more of, I understand limited resources and I did not want them punting money into the future. Like Ryan Pace did the last couple of years, but the limited resources they had, I wanted to see more of a focus on offense and less of one on defense. Uh, you know, I wanted, you know, Justin Fields to not have what I think is the worst Talented offense in the NFL around him. And I I do think that now, maybe with Montgomery and Herbert and the way they're playing in the run game, maybe it's not quite the worst, but that's what I thought it was going into the year. So at some point, you just have to say, look, these are the cards that Justin Fields was dealt, and he needs to succeed with these. And I think at the end of the year, look, the Bears can't keep winning games if Justin Fields plays like this. You know, at the end of the year, I think the Chicago Bears uh, polls and and, and Flues, they need to know 100% are we going back in the first round and trying to get you know young stroud whoever it might be and replace trade Justin Fields for a fourth round pick and start over at quarterback or are they going to use that pick for whether it be uh, you know, the three tech that flu wants on his defense or that wide receiver weapon to go opposite Mooney. I I I think they they really need to know the path. This is kind of a feel-out year and a rebuild year, but come March of next year, they really need to know the path that this team is taking. And the worst thing that it could be is at the end of the year going is is, is easy or isn't he for justin fields we need to know definitively one way or the other and unfortunately right now it's trending as definitively not the guy and i i do think it can get turned around but i think at this point you you just you you know like you you were saying you you finally you know your your levels i said at the at the beginning of the podcast like if this is the defcon system right Right. Defcon 5, you're not worried at all, right? Everything's cool. You draft Justin Fields, you're a Defcon 5. You have faith, you know he needs time to develop, fine. After the end of last year, and you can blame Nagy all you want, you're a Defcon 4. To me, after this giant game, you're a Defcon 3. It I, does not It does not mean you're wrecked. It does not mean he's ruined, but now you're a Defcon 3. And yeah. I think – even the most confident of bears fans and the biggest believers in Justin Fields have to be sitting there looking at their Cheerios in the morning going, I don't know about this.
1: Yeah. All true. All true. But the only pushback I'll give you, and I was with you on draft, I was upset, but I've been convinced that I understand, like I want Ryan poles to draft the best players too. And I wanted more linemen. I wanted more wide receivers. And like I brought up Mooney. Mooney's got twenty-seven yards. Like if if he's not hitting Mooney, and I know Mooney isn't blameless, like, would he be hitting AJ Brown? Would he be hitting uh, Sky Moore? Would he be hitting George Pickens? Would he be hit like would he be hitting any of these guys? Cole Komet, I don't think, is very good. Cole Komet was wide open in the middle of the field. As Waddle says open is open. You know, whether it's um, St. Brown, who's raising his arm and he's wide open. These are guys still who are open, who he's not identifying. So I, I, I still like I think it's sort of a cop out when we look at the talent around him. He also needs to be better in what he does. I, I want better offensive linemen and better wide receivers. Yes, I agree with all that. I don't know if a lot of the field's problems is tied to the lack of talent, though, through three games at least.
0: Yeah, again, and and I'm not sure what the problem is. And yes, you want to, you know, when you look at advanced stats, they say that the Bears are one of the least open receivers in the NFL. I think they were 29th in what I saw earlier this week. So the receivers aren't streaking wide open but and and the offensive line pass protection the run the run blocking has been 50 times better than the pass blocking it's it's a night and day kind of it's it's almost fascinating to watch the offensive line do so well with one thing and struggle in, in the other but you know, like i said these are the cards he was dealt so you can sit there and say well they should have gotten another veteran receiver or they could have signed a veteran offensive lineman and i said all those things they could have spent a second round pick on something on offense but in the end, this is, this is the unit that Justin Fields has, and this is the unit he needs to perform in. And, and we don't need to see 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns, but it, it's not even the statistics that are alarming. It, it's the way he's playing, right? It's the he's timing routes he's totally off on. Guys where you, you see that you, you can watch it as a fan and go, that guy's about to get open but Fields isn't, isn't, isn't ready to throw the ball. It's, you know, it, it's the hesitant is it's how hesitant he is. You know, a lot of people smarter than me are talking about how bad his footwork has become. And, and, and these are things, you know, they were, they were going to iron out all these mechanics. And, and like I said, I don't know if he's thinking about it too much. I don't know what it is, but you know, we, we've talked about it plenty, but yeah, there's, there's something going on there and, you know, they, they need to figure it out in a hurry because this is how you can lose a young QB. You know, one thing
1: I, I've said a lot on the show too is, is with the talent and if they do go forward with fields or whoever it is that in today's free agency system, no matter how much cap room you have, you're probably not going to get a premier free uh, wide receiver on the open market. If you look at all these teams, like the Eagles, I mentioned, AJ Brown, like the Miami dolphins with Tyreek Hill, like the Buffalo bills with Stefan Diggs, those all have come via trades because You know, those guys are not going to reach free agency because they're going to be franchised. And teams won't just give them away. So like NBA free agency, where we always wait, like if I'm a Bulls fan, who's that next star who's going to want out to be traded? Um, And is is KD going to want that trade? On and on and on. I I think we, we as Bears fans have to keep our eye on a premier receiver. And I know like a guy like DK Metcalf, he just got new money. But the Seahawks may say, "Look, we where we are right now in our rebuild. It's not worth paying a wide receiver x amount of dollars. Maybe they look to trade DK. Maybe there's somebody else that you got to circle because I'd rather grab one of those guys than sign like a Christian Kirk or someone who's more middle of the road available."
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think that's absolutely something they sh- they should consider unless they sit there and, and there's you know. They know they're going with Fields. They're sitting there with the eighth, ninth, tenth pick, and there's two or three wide receivers right. they love, and they're gonna say, "All right, we're gonna get this guy. We're gonna pair him with Mooney. We can pay Mooney, and still have two dynamic players that so we won't have to pay this other guy till four or five years down the road." Right, and, like Garrett you know, Wilson. Right,
1: like like a Garrett Wilson, a Lavé, you know, Absolutely. guys they played with like who came in this year, who may be available next year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, well, let's get off fields here. Let's finish up with a couple other things. Uh, Defensive uh, side of the ball. Obviously, Roquan Smith, really rough start the first couple games and then just brought the thunder uh, against Houston, including, in essence, the game-winning play. Uh, I I think Brisker overalls look pretty darn good. Gordon, I kind of feel like they're asking him to do too much, jumping him inside and outside, which is, I think, kind of caused the struggles, but he has flashed as well. And, you know, pass rush a little inconsistent. They couldn't stop the run in the first 10 quarters of the, of the season, but you know, the last, last two quarters, they did a great job with it. So defense, I think overall has been doing a good job keeping them in the games, but kind of, where are you with kind of, you know, not just the defense overall, but kind of those key components, those potential building blocks, you know, and and how they've looked so far.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I'd like to see more of a pass rush. I think it's going to be really interesting stopping the run against Barkley, who we see is really healthy this week. Um, Like you said about the kid too, like giving him too much. The one thing that I'll say about it is it's kind of the way I want them to treat fields. If it's a rebuilding year. Okay. If you're giving him a little bit too much, if you're giving him too much to chew, so be it. And if he makes the mistake and if it helps his growth and it's not counterproductive, I like it. You know, and it's, it's kind of getting back to what I said about fields. I want them to give him more. And I think growing pains are okay, even though he's had a bunch already. So I don't mind that, what they're doing with their young defensive players, giving them a lot, seeing how much that they can handle. I, li- I like what Roquan did. I think um, to overcome no training camp, the contract negotiations, and then the injury, and a lot of people were speculating in our fan base, Last week, hey, is he missing all these practices? Is he pissed? Is he, is he still down about the contract? And to see him bounce back and, and to play like he played. And look, in a 17-game season when these guys don't get preseasons anymore, we see a lot of it with good teams where, like, the first three or four weeks are like an extension of preseason. So if he balls out after this for the most part of this year, He's going to make a lot of money and, and and sell Eberflus that he can be, uh, you know the, the the Leonard of the defense and and I'm hopeful that maybe this will be a jumping off point for Roquan.
0: Yeah, a- absolutely. And and on the offensive side of the ball, I, I know we we've, we've mentioned it, but we haven't really talked about it. The the, the offensive line in the run game, like I said, I am you know. Yeah, if, if you look at the offensive line and kind of break it down individually, I mean, Tevin Jenkins is exactly who we thought. He moles people in the running game, and 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 you you've got to like what you see there. I, I'm i hoping we're close. You know, I think mustafer has been better than than a lot of people would have expected, but I think Sam Mustafer has developed himself into being. If he can play guard, that he's a solid backup. He can, you know, if he can back up at center and guard, and and that's fine but I'd like, I think Patrick is a better option than him. I'd like to see Jenkins playing, you know, hundred percent of the snaps and hopefully as soon as this week. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's going to help the offensive line some there, but the tackles look, I know Braxton Jones, we're just going to kind of grow with, but I think at this point, at least for me personally, and I know this is a neg, uh, uh, an unpopular opinion amongst bears fans. I don't think Borum's it. I think he might be a swing tackle. I don't think he's it. I think, you know, I don't think Cody Whitehair's gonna, he's playing well, but I don't think Cody Whitehair is going to be back next year because his contract's too big. I, I think they need to make some offensive line investments next year. I think probably what maybe bring in two veterans, a guard and a tackle and still draft, which I clearly pulls is going to do. But I, I just think this offensive line is interesting because you're just, you know. I mean, Larry Borum got abused by Rashawn Gary a couple of times and it's, that's not, you know, he's had other issues as, as well. You know, Mustafer got, got abused a couple of times as well, but you know, I like that the offensive line is better than I expected. So I, I overall I, I'm pleased with it and I'm thrilled with the run game, but I still, you know, if Justin Fields is going to get comfortable, he's got to trust the five guys in front of him. And I don't think he does, and I think that's playing into it a little bit. And, and I just, you know, I don't know what the answer is to kind of solidify the offensive line the rest of the way, you know, maybe it's give Riley reef a chance, but there's just something missing there. But like I said, it's still, it's better than I thought, but it just, it needs to still get a little better.
1: I agree. I, I don't think it's an unpopular opinion about the Borum thing. I think Waddle agrees with you after watching the all 22 week after week, after week, I've been a big proponent I want to see this week. I want to see Lucas Patrick go back to center now that he's gotten some reps under him, now that he's gotten his legs, now that the thumb is better. I want to see him back to center and I want Tevin Jenkins to play every snap and I want to see him grow. Um, So those are my couple points. And then I also like what I've seen from Herbert. He showed flashes last year. I, I, you know, I'm of the believer of the belief that uh, I I didn't want to have the Montgomery sign Montgomery thing, pick up too much steam anyway we fall in love too much with our running backs the bears have shown you they can find a back every year in the fifth round and he's more than capable it's a run game not the running back and i think herbert is the latest to show you that and i think as much money as you have putting money into david montgomery i think would be silliness right now and i would be confident going forward and i'm glad that herbert's had success and he could show more bears fans that that point
0: Absolutely. I think, and I hope this is going to be Ryan Poles' plan. It was kind of Ryan Pace's plan. It wasn't perfect, but he did it for the most part. I hope Poles takes the day three running back every year, you know, fifth, sixth round, get a guy in there. They're not all going to hit, but a couple of them probably will. And, you know, so, you know, you got Montgomery and then you get Herbert and then you get, uh, you know, Ebner and, you know, get another guy next. When Montgomery leaves, you bring another guy in and you just kind of, you know, the Kyle Shanahan, you know, mentality. I mean, if that's kind of the offense, we're going to be running here, you know, trust the scheme and, you know, use the running backs and use them heavily. And when it's time to pay them, let another team pay them. And you can invest your resources elsewhere. So I am with you hundred percent. I know Montgomery's popular and he's, he's a solid back. He's not, but to me, the only running backs I pay are the elite elite difference makers you know, the, the, the Derek Henry, when he's unstoppable, what Saquon Barkley was supposed to be. And maybe, you know, eventually gets back what Christian McCaffrey was a few years ago, you know, those type of running backs, what Jonathan Taylor was last year. Those are the guys that I think you pay. And if you don't have that guy, then you trust the offensive line. You trust the scheme and you, you use kind of replaceable backs. Um, So, you know, before I let you go, let's, let's get a prediction giants this week. It's a winnable game, but it's on the road. We kind of, what, what do you think at this point during the week? What do you think is going to happen?
1: I'm three and zero picking Bears games so far, so um, I don't feel great about this. I think they can win. I don't think they will win. I think Saquon Barkley will be too much for them. Um, going on the road, I think is going to be tough. I think it's going to be another close game in the twenty to seventeen type mode. I think they're a three-point dog now anyway. So some something around there. But as of today, when we're doing the pod, uh, my prediction would be the Giants to win this game. But they can they can win it and they're on the they're on the short week. Did the did the Giants play Monday night? Or do I have that? Was that Sunday night? What day what day did the Giants play? Yeah, did what did they, they play? You're right. My uh, all days are all screwed up. I yeah it was Monday night. It was Monday night. So they're in a short week and like you know We'll, we'll we'll see they're definitely gettable so and, and a lot
0: of these games are gettable all right well there he is he's mark silverman sylvie uh at waddle and sylvie on twitter if you don't follow him, which i'm sure you already do uh mark thanks for so much time really appreciate it and uh, enjoy the show and and keep it up keep up the great work bell thanks all right there he is sylvie mark silverman from Waddle and Sylvie ESPN 1000, great spot with him. Gotta love the passion, gotta love the the thoroughness, the thought process, you know, everything Sylvie brings to the table. That's why I love having him on this podcast. It's a great conversation. Uh, And, you know, look, he made a lot of great points there. And, you know, this is an odd situation we're all in here with the Bears having some level of success, albeit early, and Justin Fields really really struggling right now. I think, you know, we kept, uh, well, you know, the Packers, you can, you know, let it put, go there. Monsoon against the Niners, you let it go there, but you really needed to see something and and we saw nothing and that's, that's worrisome. So again, still early, still a new system, still a lot of things going against Justin Fields, but we need, need to see better performances out of him, and we need to see a more complete offense. Uh, You know, Luke Getzey, whether it's a trust issue or whether it's, you know, whatever it is with him, he, and they're going to be able to run against the Giants, so they are going to run the football. It's going to be a heavy dose of Khalil Herbert again this weekend, but they need to be able to throw the football, and we need to see if Justin Fields is going to be the guy for this team moving forward. We just, we just have to, we have to find that out, and Right now, I I don't care. I am a Justin Fields believer. I am a big supporter of him. I say it on basically every podcast. But right now, the alarm bells are sounding everywhere. He, me. I don't care about Matt Nagy. I don't care about this is the fake rookie year. I don't care about the lack of options, although I screamed about it earlier and I've screamed about it all offseason. I don't care about any of that because this is the reality that Justin Fields is in, and this is the reality where he needs to perform, and this is what Ryan Poles and Matty Eberflus are going to have to look at this offseason when they decide if Justin Fields is going to be their quarterback moving forward because it's a critical, critical time for him and the Chicago Bears franchise. But like I said, Giants coming up this weekend. This I think is going to be another closely contested game. The Giants are kind of like the Bears where I think both teams probably aren't that great. They're definitely both below average NFL teams, but performing pretty well right now. I think Saquon Barkley is going to have a huge game. I think he's going to be a major problem for the Bears front, but I think the Bears are also going to run the ball Really well uh, as well. I think this is going to be an interesting game. I think this is going to be a fun game. But the fact that this is in New York, the fact that I do think the Giants have a better coaching staff, I do. Uh, The Dayball's the guy I wanted for this franchise, for Justin Fields. They chose to go a different direction. That's fine. But uh, I think the Giants have a better coach and the Giants are at home. And I think other than that, they are pretty equally matched. And as much as I believe in Justin Fields and as little as I believe in Daniel Jones with the NFL experience, right now the Giants are better at quarterback. And with all that being said, I think the New York Giants win this one. I think it's close. Again, it's going to be a fourth quarter game. Could go either way. But I think it's going to be kind of similar to the score we saw this, week, this past week against the Texans, I'm thinking it's gonna be somewhere Giants 20, Bears 17. So I do think the record falls to two and two, but definitely a winnable game, definitely an opportunity for this team to jump and go to three and one, which would be a remarkable start for fluce and the Chicago Bears. So we'll talk next week. Bear down, everybody. See you then. Adiós.